The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's out with the old and in with the new as we take one last look back at 2013 and purge ourselves of all the things we didn't like today on a special edition of Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hello again, soap fans. Welcome to Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll, and thank you for joining us this week for part two of our special year-in-review edition of Soap Central Live. If you joined us last week on the show, you will have heard SoapCentral.com's Two Scoops columnists drop by with their picks for all the things that they loved about 2013. If you missed the show, don't worry. All hope is not lost. You can still listen to it for free on demand in the archives at SoapCentral.com slash radio. You can also go over to iTunes and download it there as well. But for the purpose of this week's show, this is a cleansing episode. Take a deep breath. You can breathe in and breathe out. We are exhaling all of the negatives of 2013, all of the things that we didn't like about the last 12 months. The Two Scoops columnists are back. We are going to try to start 2014 with a clean slate. We're going to start over at zero and hopefully have nothing but things that we love. Of course, we'll find that out at the end of the year when we do our year in review 2014 episode. But first things first, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. We are going to start now with this week's episode of the worst of 2013 in the world of soaps. Hey, soap fans, it's time to get a little bit naughty. This is Tony from Days 2 Scoops. And this is Larissa from Two Scoops. And we're celebrating the worst of Days 2013 with the 7th Annual Alex North Memorial Awards. You should join us. It's fun. We made snacks. And we make fun of a lot of people. That too. When you win a daytime Emmy and you are up in the ratings, it would seem like... Everything is swell and groovy, but that wasn't necessarily the case in 2013 on Days of Our Lives. There were some stories that eh, didn't quite work. There were maybe some characters that eh, weren't quite used the way that they should be. So we're going to talk about that now with our wonderful Two Scoops columnist who we to the best of my knowledge, have still not come up with a hashtag for their combined smush name, so we will still work on that in the course of this show. We will welcome back Tony. Thanks, Dan. Hope you had a good Christmas. And our favorite reindeer, I don't know what that means, but we have Larissa (laughs) here too as well. Are you calling me fat? I don't know what I'm calling you. I'm you have antlers. I'm not sure because uh-huh. your nose glow. It, it, it's it's something. It's something. It's uh, uh, since I, I mean I don't have a hashtag, so I mean at least I can give you a reindeer name. Right, right. Well, that's okay. Tony can be the snow darling. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, as long as he's not the little drummer boy, because as yeah. everybody knows, the little drummer boy, for some reason, makes me angry. That song is just... Uh, that song makes me angry, too. Does it really? What about... Yes. Uh, my favorite. Really? Okay. No, I'm just... I'm just throwing the and while we're, we're <laughs> venting here, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to fit into the show, but who cares? I don't like Chili Willy. I want Chili Willy to get punched in the face. <laughs> and I don't like... <laughs> I don't like Frosty the Snowman when he says, Happy Birthday! That makes me angry, too. <laughs> yeah, you think he could at least get a calendar. He's magical. Shouldn't he know, like, what the heck time of year it is? He should. And, you know, all of these characters, I, I talk about Reindeer, I talk about the Little Drummer Boy, I talk about Frosty the Snowman. They do feature prominently at Christmas time, but the rest of the year, they're sort of nowhere to be found. And, Tony, sometimes there are characters on Days of Our Lives, this is an amazing segue, that are there, but they're not used up to their potential. So, <laughs> that's the most amazing segue I think I've ever done. Tony... Who is your choice for the worst in terms of underutilized characters of 2013? You know, I went with a tall drink of water, ma'am. I think I'd let the chance in January that, like, uh, Casey Dietrich wasn't being used to his full potential. And it's just, like, it got worse and worse. And I know that he had this, like, love triangle with uh, Abigail and Cameron, and I think I dozed off about 90% of it because <laughs> they were just, like, it was the most docile. So, you know, it was just, like, they were just so polite and nice. <laughs> they didn't really, like, nobody faked a pregnancy or drug somebody to find them in bed with the other person. I'm just like, come on, people. This is Kristen DeMera 101. We can do this. But it was just very docile and boring. And, like, you know, you have Chad's sister who came back to, like, reunite the family. And then you have, like, EJ going through all of, you know, his EJ-ness. And then it's just like, Chad's just like, Chad, I'm in an apartment. Okay, I'm being blackmailed to move back in. Uh, I faked a brain tumor. Well, that's kind of it. Well, I was going to say, he was shot. He had a brain, he faked a brain tumor. That's not underutilized. Well, that's, uh, that's, that was more of a, hey, let's shoot him and get him out the door. <laughs> like, they shot him in January. Okay, okay. You know. So I just feel like, you know, they could do a little more with, you know, especially with Chad being, like, kind of, you know, aside from, like, Johnny and Sydney, who are, like, you know, children, he's kind of like the Gen X Demer or the Gen Y Demer who you know, can kind of propel into the 20-something crowd, whereas, you know, EJ and Kristen are more in the 30-something, you know, adult crowd, so. So he was so underutilized that he has now vanished from the canvas. Larissa, what about your choice? Is yours still around and maybe have some potential for 2014 to be used, or are they gone too? Mine is Mr. Abe Carver, and he was oh. on for a hot second when he stepped in and kind of saved the police department from crumbling in on itself during Sammy's trial. You know, you got Roman off drinking himself away at the bar. You got people trying to strangle Sammy in the jail cell. I mean, they needed this kind of calm presence to be like, you know, everybody focus, breathe. I got this. And that's what Abe did. So I kind of like, would like to see a lot more of him. Um, and I would kind of like for, you know, maybe explain how he is able to financially support his special needs son on his salary of no dollars plus benefits a year. And I mean, it, I just think that he's a really solid character and um, they could use, they, they could use that, that presence on the soap because a lot of the gentlemen that are kind of in that age bracket with him, um, well, that are kind of hard to think of now off the top of my head, but maybe go, go up a little bit. You know, Victor and Stefano are not at all the calming presence that, that Abe would be on the show. So I, I always, every time I see him, I'm like, God, 
Eric Abe, why is he not on more? So he's my most... Well, let me ask you, Larissa, do do you think that it's possible that because the character of Lexi was killed off the show, do you think that, that maybe the writers aren't sure what they think they can do with the character, or do you think there's something else going on there? I think that probably it limits it a little bit, um, but it shouldn't. I actually have this all figured out in my head. Here's what I want to have happen. I want Abe to take over as managing partner for Maggie at Chez Rouge. And so that way that would get him kind of behind the bar and be able to offer these kind of advice to things to people as they come in. It'd be a way to get him to interact with everybody. Um, you know, because at, at one point, especially with, with New Year's Eve, you know, everybody's going to go to Chez Rouge and, and Valentine's Day coming up. He could be there. I think he'd be good. He could wear his, his pretty pretty suits and, and, and be there to kind of mingle with people. But I don't know that fans are necessarily expecting it. Like, there are a lot of great characters. I mean, you know, that Kristen's actually a prime example this year. Her, she did have a love interest, and it was, but it was supplemental to her revenge story. Like her point, her whole point on the show was not at all to have a romantic relationship. Her point was to stir up the Christmas pudding, if you know what I mean. So I don't think that I don't think that it's something that characters necessarily have to have a love interest to be interesting. Tony, there's nothing more frustrating for soap fans to have a favorite veteran character and then not see them in story as often as they want to. And that's something that you picked up on in your worst of two scoops column. There are some veteran characters who eh, maybe weren't up to their potential. Maybe they didn't have the best storylines. Who's your pick for the worst veteran character of 2013? Oh, boy. This comes from a lifelong Melissa Reeves fan. But this year, Jennifer just, like, drove me bonkers. She drove me back. She bought me a ticket to go back, and I've just been there since. <laughs> and it's just like, that character, like, I'm going to do something I don't normally do and just read you the first line of what I wrote about this. It's, uh, Uh-oh. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel with Jennifer this year, because I'm just like, where do you, like, I mean, where did our little darling get? I think, Larissa, in one of your columns, you mentioned, like, she's like the Meg Ryan of Salem, who, you know, mm-hmm. you want to root for her to, you know, this girl to have this, like, you know, fun rom-com type chemistry with a guy and get the guy in the end. And it's just like, I just want to give the guy 20 bucks and be like, dude, go to Club TBD, which I hate, by the way, and get a drink <laughs> or some hot chocolate because you can do both Club TBD. And then just go and just meet somebody else. Like, here, or here's, here's a Match.com membership gift card. Go. Just go. <laughs> and I'm not saying a lot because I do love Melissa Reese, but just, oh, Jennifer was just a hot mess this year. And not in a fun kind of way. This is another example, though, of a veteran character who, without a romance, seems to be lost. I think Jennifer had too much romance. That could have been, that could have been kind of yeah. an issue with her this year. Too much romance yeah. sounds like a good thing in, in the real world. Maybe not so much on a soap. Now, Larissa, what about you? There are, again, there are a lot of veteran characters still on the canvas. Sometimes we forget about that. Do you have a pick for one that maybe didn't live up to their potential in 2013? I do. And my pick, I went with someone who I was not, not only did I pick this character as the worst veteran character because I didn't really felt like, you know, like you said, the potential wasn't up to. This character literally was so misused, it made me angry. And that person was Adrian. First of all, Adrian, it's, it's all 
fine and dandy that her married name is Kariakis, but her maiden name is not. Her maiden name is Johnson, and she's from the wrong side of the tracks kind of gal. So I don't know what happened to her when all of a sudden she showed up clutching her pearls and just going on and on and on about how bad Will's family was. And I'm just thinking, like, you've read your profile on SoapCentral.com, right, Adrian? You know, like, what your family has done. If not, maybe I should, maybe we should, you know, tweet her or something. Maybe she just doesn't know. But just the way that, that all of a sudden, it, it's almost like the writers were kind of like, oh, well, here's Sonny's mom, and Sonny's mom would be protective of Sonny. And that's fine. That's all well and good. But then they didn't dig deeper to say, oh, Sonny's mom is Adrian, and she's also gone through all this history with her family, and there's, you know, rape and all these terrible things that happened in her, in her past, and here she is kind of, like, worried that, you know, oh, well, you know, Will isn't going to look good at the country club next to Sonny. I mean, that's how it came, up, came across to me, um, and I just did not, did not like anything about that at all. And I just, it, 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 it kind of made me angry because I really, really like Adrian. It's, I'm kind of like Tony with Jennifer, like, not liking these characters was very hard because it was like, wait a minute, you're, you're one of our favorites. You're supposed to be the good one. And I just, I just thought that it, it was a bad year for Adrian. And she recently apologized, and hopefully she's, you know, admitting your faults is the first step. So I have, I have high hopes for her in 2014. Well, happy events are always a good thing, and I feel like a, maybe a proud parent that earlier this year you were recognized for the wonderful Two Scoops columns that you guys put together each and every week and have been doing for so long when Allison Sweeney tweeted that she'd just discovered the column and how much she loved it and enjoyed it. And for me, I was so glad that somebody else outside of me and the folks who are reading your column, that someone took the time to really let you guys know how great of a job you do. Oh, that was nice. It was such, it was so exciting. Like, I, I told my mom about the tweet, and so my mom went around telling people that Allison Sweeney emailed me and told me how, to, how, how great they So, <laughs> mom's not quite there yet. But the sentiment, the sentiment is well done. And, I mean, like, not for nothing, because he's probably not going to brag about it, but um, Mr. Tony may or may not gotten tweet recognition from a certain um, Dane Davidson. <laughs> via Twitter as well. So he should not be left out. <laughs> so it was a good year. Good, a good year, year at yeah. the end of the day. Very good. Well, as I said, I want to thank you both for wonderful columns. I look forward to another 12 months of, of happiness and craziness and uh, sex videos at weddings and all kinds of other stuff. So hopefully in another year, we'll be looking back at another great year on Days of Our Lives. Sounds good. It's a date. We'll see you next year. Thanks, Dan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody, from Liz Masters. And I hope we have many years ahead of us for more columns. And I really look forward to reading your comments. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tammy Lou at GH Soap Central. So you would think that in a year when a soap celebrates its 50th anniversary and becomes the longest-running soap currently in production, that... It would be a good year. While it was a stellar year for the ABC soap, the only ABC soap at the moment, there were some things in 2013 that didn't quite work and even some that caused controversy for other soaps. That's what we're going to talk about today with one of our General Hospital Two Scoops columnist, Liz Masters. Liz, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I mentioned that 
one of the worst of picks that you picked for General Hospital was something that impacted another soap. How can something that goes on on General Hospital impact another soap? Well, it's the exit of what most people refer to as the One Life to Live 3, um, John McBain, Starr, and Todd Manning. And what happened was Prospect Park. Prospect Park loaned out these characters, it's my understanding, loaned out these characters to General Hospital. I'm thinking probably to generate some interest in the relaunch of One Life to Live. And when they were ready to start filming, they wanted their characters back. But, of course, things happened in the interim. And one of the things that happened was Star. Um, she came to town with her fiancé, Cole, and, her, and Cole and her daughter, Hope, were killed. And, of course, Prospect Park was really upset about this. And they started squabbling, and they said they want their characters back. And General Hospital had to comply. So... What happened was is we had these storylines going on, and they abruptly ended, and off went the characters. A couple of weeks later, the actors came back, but as new characters. So I don't really blame the writers for what happened as much as I do Prospect Park, but it was so rushed, and there was just no way that you could have done it well. It was just, here are the characters, goodbye. That's what they had to do. Well, it's interesting because if I remember correctly, and, you know, my mind is, is a foggy place at times, <laughs> the One Life to Live 3 made it to your best of list in 2012 when they first came on to the show. So this was something that obviously was working for you. You just didn't like the yeah. fact that they had to go away? Yeah, it's pretty much because, uh, you know, we... we kind of started hitting a group when they first came. I loved the characters because I loved One Life to Live, and I was really happy that they came to Port Charles. I loved the crossover. And they were actually working for me. I loved uh, John and Sam's kind of chemistry, and especially, you know, when, when um, uh, Jason was written off because Steve Burton left the show. So there was really, we had a romance for Sam, and she wasn't going to be this sad, dark person that she's, kind of been for quite a while. She's a Debbie Downer a little bit. He kind of was. And so you had John and he kind of gave her a little bit of a, you know, uh, a boost, if you will, into the happy zone. And uh, <laughs> then you had... Okay. <laughs> I think oh. she needed a boost in her happy zone. <laughs> One of the other things that you didn't like... Pickle relish. So uh, what about this storyline did you just not like? Well, I mean, it, it really was like rubbing salt in our wounds. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big soap opera fan. I loved all my children, loved One Life to Live. So really, even mentioning that show just gives me the highs. I don't like it. I don't watch it when, it, you know, if I'm channel surfing, I go so quickly past that channel, it, it wouldn't make your head spin. Okay. What I didn't like about the story was not only was it, just kind of kitschy, if you will, um, but it was a vehicle to introduce Franco, and it was a, I, I really didn't quite get that. I mean, it wasn't as if Franco did anything, you know, they could have written it somehow differently without involving it, and I think it was a really poor business move on ABC, because it did not generate viewers for that show that I know of, and if anything, it just reminded us why we don't like that show. 
What is something that you would like to see happen on General Hospital? Obviously, we know that you really liked what went on in General Hospital in 2013. Anyone who is on SoapCentral.com, you can check out Liz's column for the week of December 23rd. But when we, we move on into the new year, what would you like to see? What do you think can keep the momentum going? Or what is something that you would like to see happen that can maybe even make 2014 even better? Well, there's a few things I'd like to see. Uh, you know, I would like to see Nicholas find his brain and run from Brit. Because I don't know what has happened to my darling Prince Nicholas, but he seems to have lost his ever-loving mind when he met Brit in the park on uh, 4th of July. or It was 4th of July. Um, I don't know. I, he, I, I don't want to see him with Brit because I think what Brit did, and I'm pretty certain it's, it's playing out right now, so I guess we can say she stole the embryo. And that Ben is actually Dante and Lulu's child. And I cannot imagine that any brother with their grain of salt would stand by a woman who essentially kidnapped his nephew from his sister and put his sister through all of this. Because remember, Lulu not only lost the embryo that, um, I should say, the baby that, that Maxie miscarried, but she lost Connie. And in a way, she's lost this baby, too, because she didn't get to bond with it. And this baby, by the time she gets it, it's probably going to be 14 years old, the way they source it on, on General Hospital. So, you know, it's, it's, I feel for, for Lulu because she just she's lost three kids and doesn't even realize it. Well, I guess we'll only find out by tuning in and checking it out. And, of course, mm-hmm. by coming back here next year, can't say same day, same time, because it'll be a different day and a different time, but same time next year, and we'll talk about what happened in 2014. Oh, I can't wait. If you were listening to Soap Central Live last week, and there's really no reason that you shouldn't have been, you would have heard Tammy Lou talk about the fact that one of her favorite things about General Hospital in 2013 was the show's use of history. Whether it be the Nurses' Ball, whether it be the return of a legion of doom of villains, It was all wonderful, but as you're about to hear, not all of the use of veterans was successful. Tammy Lou, what do you mean here that we're we're talking about some veterans that weren't used? Are there any that come to mind? Well, my my two big ones that were on my list this year are Jeannie Francis and Jack Wagner. They hyped and hyped and hyped. Laura's coming back. Jeannie Francis is coming back. Here's the date. Mark your calendar. It was everywhere. I saw it a hundred times. And then she was there for, you know, 12 seconds and disappeared again to go to France for a medical examination. And we never saw her again. And apparently she's not coming back. So we didn't really get any, yeah, we didn't really get much resolution. We were hoping for things uh, to transpire that we didn't see. We were hoping for her to have interactions with her kids. We were hoping, you know, she had a couple of scenes with Luke and a couple of scenes with Scott, and then she was just gone. One of the other returns that you talked about, you mentioned Jack Wagner. I have to tell you, for folks who were not following me on Twitter, at Dan J. Kroll, I was live tweeting my high school reunion where I was approached by a drunken former classmate (laughs) who wanted to just go on a tirade about the fact that Jack Wagner's return as Frisco was the worst thing that she'd ever seen in the history of soap. She thought that he was emasculated. I, I tried to, you know, I'm like, but he got to sing. She said, ah, I don't care that he's saying. So what was it about this return, Tammy Lou, that just hasn't sat well with fans? Well, I think for me, 
personally, it was the fact that there was so much promise built in there. There was the situation that Maxie was in. The two of them had been, you know, apart for many years. She finally found an ally in him. She confessed her secrets to him. The two of them were working together. He was sticking up for her with, with Brit. And you saw this relationship developing, and then he was gone. And you thought, you know, you're watching this thing, and this is great. I'm, I'm so excited to see where this is going to go. I, I'm excited to see how this relationship plays out. And then it didn't. It, he just vanished into the air. The WSB called him back to some case. Who knows when or if we'll ever see him again. And then there's that whole John Stamos Twitter feud thing about whether or not he was asked to come back to the show. But maybe that'll be something that resolves in 2014. Maybe. Now, most people root for romance on soaps, Tammy Lou. They want to see people happy. They want to see, you know, people set up shops, set up family, live a happily life ever after. And surprisingly, you, of all people, were unhappy with one of the romances, or a romance. And I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. But you don't like the fact that Felix, who I know that you like, was put together quote here from your email to me the creep sleazeball brad <laughs> so what is going on you don't want to see him happy felix i want to see him happy that's why i don't want him with brad felix is like the nicest person probably in port charles he's the best friend he's loyal he's dependable he's like the nicest guy i love felix i want to know him if he was my neighbor i'd, I'd be over at his house every day talking to him i love him <laughs> And Brad is just such a creep, and he's not nice, and he's mean, and are there no other gay guys in Port Charles? We have to have those two characters together. I mean, can we introduce some more people so Felix has a better dating pool? I mean, there has to be some way for nice Felix not to end up with Brad, who's a jerk. Now, I understand that Brad has some good in him. We've seen little hints here and there that he has he's able to be redeemed, but I still don't think there's any way he can bring himself to the level of person that Felix deserves to be with. Well, it does seem that the dating pool is really small. Very. You know, he might have ended up with a mobster. So it's either a creepy <laughs> sleazeball lab technician supervisor or a mobster. Well, I, I know that he, had, he was dreaming of Milo, but Milo had other, other inclinations. So I don't think that one's going to work out either. But I have heard that... Uh, Lucas is coming back on canvas, and he is a gay character, so there's a possibility that maybe Lucas is a nice guy. We don't know. We haven't seen him for a really long time. Anything is possible in Port Charles, including some questionable tie-ins with other shows that may oh. or may not have happened. If folks have been listening to this entire show, I don't know why they would have just joined us in the middle of the show, but in case you did, you know that you can always go back and listen to the entire show in the archives at SoapCentral.com slash radio. But Liz Masters said that without a doubt, the worst thing to ever happen in the history of soaps, and we're talking 70-some <laughs> years, was this tie-in with the show that... I won't mention, I call it the show that shall not be named or Titsi Nabeen. I have a nickname for it. I like to call it The Spew. I think a lot of people like to call it that. Yeah. I don't even want to dignify it with that. So, that being said, what was so bad about this Pickle Lila relish storyline? I mean, it was another chance for the show to mine history. Pickle Lila is a historical storyline, but if, what was wrong? If it was going to be used as a historical storyline, which they had little pieces of that, but really what it was all about was to get some promos in for the bad show that we dislike because it replaced other shows that we really loved. That's and true. we're never going to like it. We're never going to watch it. We're never going to embrace it. So it doesn't matter. It was just some way to like force us to, to try to like that show that no one's watching and they should bring our other shows that we like better back. 
And first of all, I really got tired of hearing the word relish. I started keeping a tally on my table. I had a little pen, and every time they, somebody said relish, I had a hash mark. I was kind of wishing I had made it a <laughs> drinking game because I could have taken like 50 shots in one episode. <laughs> We'd have lost you to like uh, uh, alcohol poisoning. <laughs> true. This is true. Well, thank goodness that ended because we, we can't lose any of our columnists Oh, here. no. And... Well, while we're talking about things that, you know, didn't work and things that maybe could have worked better or things that might play out later, I do want to talk about your wishes for 2014, things that are on your list of either things that you'd like to see resolved completely or maybe some things that you'd like to see play out that are new ideas. 2014, what's on your little wish list next to the hashtag tally of all the pickle relish mentions? (laughs) Well, something I would like to see is for Johnny is the car to get broken out of jail somehow because I really miss his character. And I realize now that he, you know, Maxie's without a roommate now because Ellie just left town. And since, you know, the two of them are married in real life, that would be a small roommate for her to hand. They were already friends before he went to jail. So, you know, we need, we need some more mob action. We don't have enough now with just two mob families. I mean, come on. So we've got to get, get him back out. And okay. I, you know, I'm sad. I'm, I'm really excited for Bradford Anderson personally that he's got other opportunities that he's going out there. But I just hate the fact that Spinelli as a character is gone. That we're never going to have this happy reunion between him and Maxie and Baby Georgie. And I just really am hoping that there's some way that even if it's just for a minute, you know, when when the six months is up and the judge says Maxie can see the baby, maybe he can spring in for a visit and they can switch off the baby or something. I'd like to see that resolved. Well, I know one thing that is always something that we look forward to, and it's more of your columns on SoapCentral.com. And I speak for all of the many people out there who read and, and post and tweet and share and Facebook and anything else that you can possibly think of. So I want to thank you and, of course, hope that in a year we'll be back here talking about another great year when we do our 2014 year in review. I think that's awesome. I would love to do it again. And I'm so thankful every time I get to write and all the great feedback I get from the people that read our columns and listen to the show here. And I'm just, you know, so blessed that I get to, this is part of what I get to do with my life is talk about a show that I absolutely have been in love with since I was a teenager. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Happy holidays, SoapCentral.com. This is Tracy Lovell. Thanks for reading. Thanks for following along with us. And please have a very safe and happy holiday. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Michael James, one of your Soap Central columnists for The Bold and the Beautiful, wishing everybody, what else, a bold and beautiful Christmas and 2014. If you joined us last week on Soap Central Live, you heard that there were some things on The Bold and the Beautiful that we really got behind, that we really loved, that was a change, things that worked, things that weren't done in the past that we've maybe thought that the show should do, and now they're doing them. But now we have Mike and Tracy coming back this week to talk about some of the things in 2013 that, womp womp, did not work. This time we're going to introduce Tracy first, since she is our newcomer to the routine. Tracy, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. And we also have our veteran B&B, our senior columnist, I guess we'll call him. We have Adam Michael James. Mike, welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm a senior columnist. (laughs) (laughs) You better mind me, boy. (laughs) There you have it. We have vibrant and we have uh, uh, ancient. I'm not entirely. (laughs) And and, and always sexy. And always sexy. 
All right, so we're going to get right to it because if you listen to the show last week, as I said, when we talked about the best of 2013, there was something that Mike said that he really enjoyed that I knew at the time was on the list of things that Tracy didn't like, and that was Tracy. Mike said that he liked that the show was addressing Brooke and Eric's history, that it made it well. And I know for you, you don't like the fact that we've taken a host role down Brooke's past. I don't like the fact that she's once again being made into the adulteress, being make, made into the homewrecker. I was once a huge, huge Brookie. I mean, anything that Brooke did, even though I know it was wrong, I still just had a soft spot for her. But now, I mean, especially after Stephanie passed, um, after, you know, she lost Ridge, which I do think this is probably why she did the craziness that she she did. Yes. Yes. Okay, Mike, right? I, I don't get it. Why are you going to take her down that awful road Again, and she's supposed to, she's done it with Bridget, with the adultery with Deacon, the little wall boy with Oliver, with Hope. Now she's turning, she went to Bill, okay? Don't do that. This is your sister's husband. Brooke, 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 Brooke. No. Oh, I know. No, I, I, no, I was no. ready to slap her, too. I really was. I mean, just, just because yeah, I like right? one, that one element of history with Eric, but the overall story, it's like, yeah, um, it's old. Brooke, come yes. on. Get a new stick, Brooke. Here's the question that I have, though, and I'll give it to Tracy since you seem to be far more upset about this. Isn't there something to be said by the fact that she's done it over and over and over and over again? She should be really good at it by now. Do you know what? I'm going to answer this, and I'm going to be truthful. I think she got a little bit worse because back... Actually, you know what? No, 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 no. Let me reverse that. Better. Because back in the day, during that whole Bridge Trish saga... Brooke didn't really have, um, I want to say Brooke had more sauce to it. She had more spice. She's like, yeah, I don't care. I was with Rich first, you know, whatever. If I want him, I can get him just like that. Like that little snap. Remember that, Mike? That was funny. Speaking of Brooke's sauce, oh, Lord, I don't know where this is going, but we're going to try it. Brings all the boys to the yard. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Mike, you've said that one of the storylines that you really didn't care for in 2013 because it was a wasted opportunity involved Brooks menopause. Why was this a wasted opportunity? Well, it was just, I thought it was a neat way of, well, I mean, when they introduced it, a neat way of, of taking Brooke in a different direction. I mean, I, I thought yeah. they were kind of, they were kind of having Brooke go down her old road and then boom, wait a minute, her body's not going to let her do it anymore. And she would have to reevaluate things and become more of what she promised Stephanie she was going to be. But then it just yeah. turned out to be a red herring to, so she could be pregnant again in her fifties, you know, with another illegitimate you know, relatives, husbands, baby. And it was just like, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, the menopause was so interesting, and then they just dropped it. I agree, 100%. And for those of you who were listening last week, both Mike and Tracy agreed that there are some really great additions, new blood into the stories. However, on The Bold and the Beautiful Mike, there was a character that came into the fold that was played by a very well-known actor, and you're saying it just 
didn't work. Who are we and talking it, about? And it wasn't, we are talking about Ricky Paul Golden, who came in for five seconds as uh, Maya's ex, Jesse. And he was, yes. not only was it promoted as like, this was going to be a big deal, but you know, the character's like, dun, 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 it's Jesse. Ricky Paul Golden was on for what, two episodes? And then he was gone. It, not only was that not fair to him, but wow, he came on there sexy, dangerous, he was ready to start some stuff up, and then he was gone. What was up with that? Tracy, what was up with that? I can't even tell you because <laughs> I, it's like if I, wouldn't, if I wouldn't have watched the episodes, I, mean, I would have just missed it. I blinked, and he was gone because I've loved him since Gotti Light, and then his Y&R day wasted opportunity. Wasted. Wasted. Do either of you think that he'll be back? No. No, I don't. No, it's, that ship has sailed now. And, you know, I think the thing was, is, is that soap veterans command higher salaries, you know, than newbies, and maybe budgetary problems prevented it, but then don't bring him in in the first place. Co-sign, Mike. Okay. With Magic Marker. Yep. <laughs> no changing your mind once it's in Magic Marker. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, for us, and I think that both of you will agree on this, one of the absolute saddest moments of 2013 is that our friend and colleague Allison J. Waldman is no longer with us. We lost her earlier this year. She's not here to share her picks for the best and worst of the year. However, I am absolutely sure that she is somewhere wagging her finger, (laughs) telling us of all the things that she didn't like, and maybe even tossing in a bit of a curse word here or there, as she <laughs> was known to what? do. We're just being good over here. <laughs> yes. But, so, but, but if Allison wants us to swear, we can do that, right, Tracy? I, I'm ready. <laughs> well, we'll let uh, the folks at home come up with their favorite curse word that describes the year in the bold and the beautiful. However, I do want to make sure that I take this opportunity to thank both Tracy and Mike for a wonderful year of columns. I can't wait to see what you guys have planned in 2014. And I guess for moving to 2014, Tracy, is there one thing that you would like to see happen on the Bold and the Beautiful in the new calendar year? Yes, I would like to see how Thorsten K develops a brand new Ridge. I love that man. I cannot wait to see how he takes on the role. Matt, he's just sexy. All that sexy coming back on my screen. I love it. Oh, Can't wait. Goodness. Well, I'm going to let Mike have an opportunity <laughs> while I throw the cold water on you. Mike, what's the, oppor- <laughs> what's the one thing that you'd like to see happen in 2014? Uh, you, Still feels weird to you, say you, that. You may have to put the cold water on me, too. Oh, but um, <laughs> No, I, I'm looking forward to Thorsten K as well. But one thing I really would like to see on Bold and Beautiful in 2014 is more consistently written characters. I thought... Amen. Um, you know, they're too plot-driven this year, people just changing personalities on a dime, and I, I think that just makes, you know, creates a lot of instability in the overall framework of, of the show, and I would like to see, you know, people behaving more like themselves from one month to the next. Yes. Well, before you know it, you'll be back here next year acting like yourselves, talking about the best and the worst, so thank you both for being here, and I look forward to a lot more from you. I love it. Thank you for having us. Thank you, too. Lots of fun. Hi, this is Teddy, and I'm wishing you all a Happy New Year. And thank you for reading for the last 12 months, and please keep reading next year. I'm sure there's many more fun times to come. 
Even when a soap opera is number one in the ratings for 25 years, there are still some things that don't quite work. And as you're about to hear from one of our Two Scoops columnists, there were a lot of things in 2013 that maybe will make our worst of list. We're going to welcome back Teddy, one of SoapCentral.com's Two Scoops columnists, to talk about the worst of YNR 2013. Teddy, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Well, hi, Dan. It's nice to be back. And now we get to talk about the worst, huh? We Oh, we do. And, of course, folks will know that your best and worst of column, the Two Scoops special year-end column is on SoapCentral.com right now. Just head over to the site, click on the Young and the Restless, and you will see Teddy's column posted there. So for folks who maybe have read the column, this is going to be an opportunity for you to express vocally why you made some of the selections that you did, because sometimes, as I'm sure you're aware, it's much easier <laughs> to express your, your thoughts in, an, in a verbal interview than it is to, to maybe write them down. What is, for you, in your opinion, the worst storyline of 2013 on The Young and the Restless? Okay, my op- opinion is that the worst one, in, in a way, is the hit-and-run demise of Delia, and simply because of the character Delia had so much potential as an abbot. I mean, there, you have this Newman-Abbott feud going on and between Victor and Jack, and then uh, she could have come in. There, there's so many chances for storylines for her. I mean, she's so young, and she could have done so much. They could have done so much with her. And so it just seems sad that, you know, we lost an Abbott, and, so, and she, she could have added so much to, to the young and the restless, you know, throughout the later years when, as she got older. So folks who listened to last week's best of show here on Soap Central Live will be wondering, are you now a hypocrite because you said last week that the best performances came from this storyline? So how is it, Teddy, that you can say the best performances came from a storyline that you think is the worst? What is that about? Well, it's only the worst. Yeah, the acting was terrific. There's no doubt about that. It's just the, the loss of Delia was the tragedy, I mean, as far as being the worst. To, that, to me, that, that they could have found some, some other way. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's great to see the acting, but the storyline itself, it just, it, it's tragic. <laughs> I mean, it's just sad, and it, and it was depressing, too. I mean, we had to lose a beloved character to get the great acting, I guess, you know. Well, that's something else that you've, you've picked up on, is that there were a lot of departures, whether they were on-screen deaths or real-life deaths or actors choosing to leave the show, YNR fans had to say goodbye to a lot of characters and actors that they've come to know and love over the past year. So for you, I understand that that's also something that ranks on the worst of 2013 list. Yeah, I think that Delia's death came too soon after everybody knew about Jean Cooper, you know, after she had died, and then, of course, they had to kill off Catherine because of it. Oh, heaven forbid, they couldn't have recast her. There's no way. But, yeah, and then, you know, Phyllis leaving, Michelle Stafford, it, it was all happening too fast. You know, it was just all pretty much at the same time, it seemed like. And it was just too much of a blow for the fans because they're, they're like, gosh, we just lost, you know, one, and now we're losing another, and now, and now a small child. It was just, 
just too much, I think. Well, let me ask you then, if Michelle Stafford hadn't left the show, if Jeannie Cooper had not passed away, or if that had happened at a different time, do you think that the reception of the Delia storyline would have been different? I mean, do you think that it's sort of a culmination of a lot of goodbyes, a lot of tragedy, that maybe fans would have been not as against it? Or do you think the fact that they've chose to kill a child that nothing ever would have made fans receptive of the storyline. Yeah, I think it was that she was so young, that a child. Oh, no, you know, we already lost Cassie. I know I read comments from fans where they were saying, we just, you know, we lost Cassie not that long ago, and now another young child is gone, you know, or another child. I mean, I know Cassie wasn't that young, but... Um, yeah, I think that was it. She was just so young, and, and they just, I don't, I think sometimes it's like maybe they push the envelope too far, like it's like, oh, that, and fans don't want to see that. They, they, you know, we can watch the news if we want to see stuff like that. We did talk about that last week, where I had mentioned that Cassie's death, for me, remains one of the most memorable YNR scenes of all time. I think that I'm not saying it was anything that was good, but it's stuck in my mind. For whatever reason, the Delia storyline doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have that resonance. I don't think in 10 years I'm going to think of the Delia storyline the way that I am now of the Cassie storyline. Do you have any idea why that might be? I. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we do here at the end of the year. We I save up all of my thought-provoking questions for the last show like, of man, the year. you're making me think here. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, no, I, I, I thought that um, Cassie's death was really well done. It was so sad, too, that I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I, I, maybe it's the age, the age difference. I don't know. I mean, we had more time to get to know Cassie. She'd been on for a long time. She, you know, was growing up on the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, she, and she was so, and plus she got to have a, a famous death scene, you know, where she was telling her, her family that it'd be okay. And, you know, and that, I think she even said that they would, you know, have, they would get their daughter, you know, have another daughter or something. I mean, it, it just, I, I think that it made more of an impact because she, you could see her, you, you know, she was talking or, or trying to encourage her, her family to, that, you know, they'd still be able to carry on without her. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. It's someone else that we lost in 2013 that you seem to be very worked up about is that Carmine disappeared from the canvas. What is it about Carmine that has you uh, saying that the death of Carmine is one of the worst of 2013? You miss oh, no, seeing him on no, your screen, don't you? Oh, no, not the death of Carmine that he was on. I mean, that, that, oh. Oh, that he wrecked the whole and Michael's oh. relationship. <laughs> Carmine and, and you know and I thought they would when they I heard that they were going to keep him on and and it's like no instead you know it, it, it started out you know like well okay you know Lauren's going to cheat with Carmine and then it just got weird so and then he became a stalker and it's like ah oh, man so I wasn't sad to see him go but I'm not even sure he's gone honestly but um yeah, it's and you know, they, and they broke up a fan favorite couple too. I mean, oh no, <laughs> horrors of all horrors. When we turn over the calendars to 2014 in a matter of days now, what is it that you would like to see happen in 2014? What is on your wish list for things that Teddy wants to see on the Young and the Restless in the new year? 
I'd like to see a little more humor. They, they do have, you know, spots of humor here and there. We used to be able to, to, to depend on that, I mean, to count on that, excuse me, with uh, Gloria and Jeffrey. And you, you always knew that when they were on, you know, at one time, that they would be funny. At least, you know, we'd get a few laughs, a few chuckles. But now it's like it's kind of here and there, and so I'd like to see a little bit more uh, humor here and there, you know, it, than what's on now. And then also to see a couple that can actually be happy for a while anyway. <laughs> right now it seems like nobody's happy. And it would be nice. I mean, we want to see some love. And I, I remember back in the day when it was love in the afternoon and somebody be getting together, finding their way, their romance and, you know, their romance and, and dating and going out and getting to know each other. And, and now everything is just like, you know, passion and sex and, you know, or, or everybody's depressed, you know. <laughs> so it'd be nice to have some romance back. Well, I think that that would be the wish of almost every soap fan. I think everyone, they enjoy their drama, they enjoy the soapy goodness, but they do want to see some love, they do want to see some passion, they want to see some happiness and humor, as you've mentioned. So I want to thank you for all of your wonderful columns over the past year. I look forward to reading more of them in 2014. I know that the readers do as well. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Hi, this is Liz Fisher, writer of One Life to Live, Two Scoops for Soap Central. And I just wanted to say happy holidays to all the soap fans who are tuning in tonight. We are at the end of another year. As we move over to 2014, we have no idea if we'll ever again see All My Children in One Life to Live. But we are going to look back at the few months that we had with these two shows. It's a look back at the worst of 2013. And before you think that we're only going to be talking about one thing, the elephant in the room, the fact that these shows are not with us, there are some other things we're going to branch off and talk about as well. We're going to welcome back Liz Fisher to the show to talk about the worst of all my children in one life to live. Liz, are you wearing any special boo-hoo, bah humbug outfits this week to talk about the worst? Well, you know, I am in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, so I guess I've got the the appropriate uh, sort of depressed clothing on, if you will. Because of the fact that all my children in one life to live were brought back so hurriedly and there was such a short amount of time between the time that they got the go-ahead and when they had to start filming, I think sometimes the storylines weren't realized the way that they should have been, that they weren't completely thought out and it was more we have to do something now because we need to start taping as opposed to we have a really clear idea of what we want to do and this is what we're we're going to film and this is what we're going to write. And I think that a lot of people picked up on that, that sort of things just seem to sort of happen haphazardly. Mm -hmm. Did you pick up on that as well? I did, I did. I, I felt um, that way with the... Uh just the whole mystery storyline, I, I felt like the at least the first half of the season, it seemed like they were really just throwing stuff out there and hoping they could find a way to all pull it all together at the end. I don't know if that's really the case, but as a viewer, it, it sort of felt that way. Um, and I also felt, um, too, like maybe they didn't think through some of the the character moments, like the fact that, you know, Natalie, they had Natalie, you know, she was so upset over John, and, um, you know, she was 
just, you know, we're supposed to believe she's a mess when we start out. But you think about the fact that it was it had been a year since the end of One Life to Live, the fact that she was still, you know, mm-hmm. crying over John and a, a mess over that didn't really make sense. And I think it kind of drugged down the character. That was one thing that bugged me. Interesting. I, I, that was one that I hadn't actually thought about. I wasn't, uh, I thought of Victor's return mm-hmm. and how he came back from the dead. And everybody was sort of like, oh, hey, good to see you. Welcome back. Yeah, other than other than Danny, who had that really sort of freaked out reaction, yeah, everybody else was just like, hey, what's up? And it's like, dude. Well, in fairness, she, in fairness, she was yeah. on drugs, so her reaction for anything may have been cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. But when you're, things that didn't work, we're going to move over to All My Children. There was one storyline that I just couldn't get behind and as much as I wanted to, all of my ways to make the storyline better were really completely diabolical and, and just horrendous, but that makes it fun. Celia and her guardian. Good Lord, I wanted to start a drinking game. I don't drink, but I would have picked something. Every time she said, my guardian, my guardian. It's like as obnoxious when people say, oh, this is my fiancé. Would you like to see my fiancé's photos? That, you know, it becomes pretentious. And there's something about that. You know, we didn't get to find out who it was. Mm-hmm. It was sort of stretched out because of the way that the, the, the broadcast, it went from four episodes, which would have made more sense per week, down to two. So it made things seem like they took longer and, you know, I, I just didn't like Celia. I wanted her to be, I wanted her to be a demon spawn. I wanted her to be horrible. I wanted her to be mean. I wanted her to lash out and, you know, start stabbing people. Anything to give her more of a, of a personality, something to root for. I don't know if I'm the only one that wanted to see her be, you know, Damien or, or Chucky. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people didn't care for that storyline. Was there anything for you, story-wise, that... You just weren't feeling on all my children. Uh, well, I didn't want to see Celia be a, a demon spawn, but I did. She was on my list as well. Um, I did want her to be interesting somehow. And I, and then, you know, it wasn't just the Guardian. Then we had the weird visions that we got thrown in. Um, I like the visions. The visions are one of my best of 2013. Really? Well... Yes, I love them. I thought that they were great. I wanted to know what was going on. I, I mean, really, I thought that she was a lunatic. Yeah. So, bad to you for thinking that was the worst of 2013. We can, we will remove that from this <laughs> from this show. <laughs> okay, but anything else? I'm sure we. Okay, so we agree that Celia was uh, womp womp. Is there anything? Other than Celia, that maybe didn't quite work for you. I was, this was probably more of just a personal thing, Dan, but I was very angry coming in that they had killed Marissa off. Um, oh. I was sad. She was she was one of my favorites, and she and Bianca were one of my favorite pairings. And I understand that they, they probably had to do it just because they were bringing Eden back, and she looked slightly more believable as the mother of a teenager, although they were still, I think asking us to suspend quite a bit of disbelief. Um, but I thought, you know, Bianca and Marissa had a pretty big, uh, you know, internet-savvy fan base, so mm-hmm. I thought that was maybe a, a miscalculation on their part. I sort of was hoping that they would have at least brought on Sarah Glendening to, you know, appear as a vision, mm-hmm. to, you know, show a flashback of it. We went through much of the series with them not even mentioning Marissa's name, yeah. which I thought was slightly odd 
it was always what you've done that night. I knew what you did. I mean, they very rarely did they say the name Marissa. And then actually there were very few people who were mentioned who were on the show in the past. Like, what happened to Kathy? Like, Ken Dixie's daughter. Where did they put her? I was kind of concerned and thinking they were pretty crappy parents. Maybe they forgot about her. <laughs> they might have. It surely she seemed said, like Dixie did, unless she was off. You know, Tad was off on some secret mission. I seriously doubt he took a small child with him. I don't know. She's still, she's still sitting in the shopping cart down at the local Walmart waiting for Dixie to come back and get her. <laughs> oh, we laugh, we laugh, we talk about things. Uh, let's briefly... I mean, go into talking about the biggest worst of 2013. It is the fact that as we move into 2014, we have no idea what's going to happen with All My Children, One Life to Live. They're on an unofficial, indefinite hiatus, which may or may not mean that they'll be coming back. And the longer that they don't come back, perhaps the less likely they are to have the actors that they had when the show was running so then it makes you wonder well what do you do now do you recast all of the roles do you write around everybody you know torsten k is gone uh he's on the bold and the beautiful he may or may not be able to be part of all my children so same with with one life to live people are slowly moving on or people are slowly saying hey you know what we gave it a go it didn't work i don't want to get my heart broken a third time so i may not want to be part of it you know it's kind of miserable all the way around. There's really nothing good about the fact that these shows are gone. Yeah, I agree. And it's sort of, you know, the way it's been handled, it's just sort of, you know, the the sort of we're going to make an announcement announcements. And I, I've sort of likened it when trying to describe it to somebody that, you know, if you're dating somebody and they're telling you all day, oh, I've got something to tell you. I've got something to tell you tonight. And you think you're going to get... <laughs> You know, they're going to take you on vacation or they're going to propose. And then it's like, oh, we're going to, we need to take a break. And then they have their, you know, a friend tell you. But they didn't even tell you that. They didn't even say that we need to take a break. They, what they said is, well, I'm suing my (laughs) ex-wife, so (laughs) I'm not going to be able to see you until I get this uh, divorce hearing over with is pretty much what it was. Yeah, and it's yeah, and, and they don't even tell you directly. It's like through a mutual friend. Or... <laughs> it was like, your best friend calls up. Guess what? <laughs> so, will the shows ever be back? I I guess with being the the worst of week, I don't feel too bad saying that. I, I don't have a lot of hope at this point. I think there are just too many things stacked against them at this point. I, I would love it if I were wrong, Dan, but I don't know. Well, isn't that a wonderful way to end our show for 2013? <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> and that really will do it for this week's episode of Soap Central Live and our look back at the worst of soaps in 2013. Of course, this show is really done in jest. We love our soaps. We want them to succeed, but as is the case with things that we love there are always certain little things that drive us nuts that we wish weren't there but we are now going to leave all of these things in the past as we move forward 
into a new year. And next week, we'll be taking a look back at the highlights of Soap Central Live in 2013, our most memorable moments, and our most outrageous guests. That is coming up on January 3rd, 2014. On behalf of everyone at Soap Central Live, SoapCentral.com, the Voice America Talk Radio Network, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and supporting Soap Central Live over the past 12 months. We love you. We wish you the most prosperous, happy new year that you can imagine. And we'll be back here to start it all over again next week on Soap Central Live. Happy New Year. <laughs>